Welcome to the Monitor Daily Podcast. It's Tuesday, February 27th. Thanks for joining us. I'm Mark Sappenfield. And I'm Ira Porter. You know the Monitor thinks trust is vital to solving today's challenges. That's what our Rebuilding Trust project is about. But look around. Trust stories are everywhere. And I wanted to highlight one. It's a new story in Christianity Today about the distrust that has shredded the social fabric in East Palestine, Ohio, since a train derailment dumped toxic chemicals in 2023. Is the town safe or not? No one knows whom to trust. Enter a scientist whose approach is not just facts, but also healing. Says one observer, knowledge comes through unfolding relationships and is based on love. For our selection of top news briefs from the Wire services today, please go to csmonitor.com daily. Now today's Monitor Stories. Our first story. The Texas grid is more reliable today than it was three years ago when a massive winter power failure convulsed the state. But restoring trust is a longer-term challenge. Officials will have to show they've earned it. Before February 2021, few Texans knew the minute details of how electricity flowed through the state. Then, just before Valentine's Day that year, the flow stopped. A massive winter storm swept through Texas, triggering blackouts in millions of homes across the state. Some Texans spent days in the dark and cold. Many also lost running water and hundreds lost their lives. By February 18, 2021, Everyone in the state knew the name of the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, or ERCOT, and they knew they couldn't trust it. ERCOT doesn't bill anyone or provide electricity directly to consumers. It simply manages the flow of electricity through the Texas power grid. Since the blackout, the grid, which ERCOT oversees, has undergone significant changes. The Lone Star State has also experienced more extreme weather including another major winter storm and two intense summer heat waves without the kind of widespread system failure seen during the 2021 storm. Indeed, the Texas power grid is more reliable today than it was in 2021, after changes in oversight, storm readiness, and capacity, experts say. What hasn't changed so far is Texans' low trust in it. It will come slowly and incrementally but it will come back, predicts former Utility Commission member Will McAdams. This story was reported by Henry Gass for The Monitor. President Joe Biden is facing calls from erstwhile allies to exit the race amid concerns that he could lose in November. Others say the criticism is unhelpful and unwarranted. With no major challenger for his party's nomination, President Joe Biden might have expected to be coasting through the primary season right now. Instead, he's facing loud calls from various thought leaders, including prominent liberals, to drop out of the 2024 race. As these critics see it, Mr. Biden, at age 81, comes across as too old and is in real danger of losing to the likely Republican nominee, 
former President Donald Trump. They argued he could still step aside, possibly by making a surprise announcement at the summer convention and letting the party's delegates hash it out. But while a brokered convention might be a great story for the media, it could also easily backfire on Democrats. There's a reason parties ditched the smoke-filled rooms in favor of the more democratic method of letting the voters pick their nominee via primaries and caucuses. Moreover, Mr. Biden's lack of competition for the nomination likely indicates that the party's next-generation politicians all saw taking on an incumbent president as a lost cause. In the end, Mr. Biden dropping out of the 2024 race is not going to happen, says Mike Micas, a Democratic consultant based in suburban Pittsburgh. This story was reported by Linda Feldman in Washington for The Monitor. States are leaning into the science of reading to address a growing crisis in learning. But success might depend on factors that go beyond the classroom. Every minute counts in the quest to turn children into readers. That's why Joshua Elementary School's principal, Lorraine Zapata, guard the door shortly after 8 a.m. She stops each student crossing the threshold and asks for a handshake. As Ms. Zapata uses her right hand for the formal greeting, her left thumb clicks a counting device. Each click represents a tardy student. By the day's end, the number grows to 131 out of 500-some students. Their efforts to teach students how to read are in vain, she says, if the students aren't there to learn. She hurries them off to class, where reading instruction is about to begin. The school is among a growing number nationwide that have embraced a phonics-based science of reading teaching style at a critical time. Simply put, too many of America's kids can't read. Ineffective teaching strategies, exasperated by pandemic-era learning disruption, have snowballed into a generation of struggling readers. Not making changes, Science of Reading proponents warn could have wide-reaching implications for both children and society at large. What is that going to be in the future, says Marion Wolf, a cognitive neuroscientist. We're going to have an electorate that has the lowest literacy level. This story was reported by Jackie Valley in Lancaster, California for The Monitor. For decades, Gambia's dictator and his henchmen were untouchable. Now, international courts are offering victims a new path to justice. It was easy to guess who ordered the 2004 drive-by murder of Deida Haidari, a journalist and outspoken critic of Gambia's dictator, Yahya Jame. But the president and his hit squad, the Junglers, seemed untouchable, even long after the dictator was ousted from power in 2017. That is, until last November, when a German court sentenced Bilo, the man driving the yellow taxi that night, to life in prison for crimes against humanity. The ruling was made possible by an increasingly popular legal principle called universal jurisdiction, which allows severe crimes to be tried regardless of where they were committed or the nationality of the perpetrator or victim. In recent years, Universal jurisdiction has become an essential avenue to prosecute atrocities committed in countries like Syria, where prospects of accountability are otherwise limited. Now, Gambian activists hope the German ruling 
will create momentum to help them find justice for many more of Mr. Jame's victims, whether within Gambia's own legal system or far beyond the tiny West African nation's borders. This story was reported by David Bruckmeyer in Banjul, Gambia for the Monitor. Literature can change minds. It can also help us imagine a different future. From redressing old wrongs to taking new steps, the protagonists in our top 10 picks for this month seek justice and autonomy. As Black History Month in the United States draws to a close, several of our picks for the 10 best books reflect a reckoning with the history of slavery. As James Baldwin wrote in 1963, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. The idea of reparations for families of enslaved people unfolds both in the fictional tale, Acts of Forgiveness, and in the nonfiction history, The Stolen Wealth of Slavery. The first depicts the hurdles Black people face to find proof of their ancestry. The second examines how banks and other institutions in the North benefited from slavery more than plantations in the South did. The crime novel Smoke Kings imagines a kind of present-day vigilante justice in which four friends track down living descendants of white supremacists to make them pay reparations. The remaining novels highlight strengthening family bonds, kindling confidence, and finding one's voice after a devastating loss. This story was reported by staff writers for The Monitor. Now commentary from the Monitor's editorial board on who's saving European democracies. Poland, which was the pioneer in eroding the Soviet empire in the 1980s, was rewarded last week for being a pioneer in rolling back an authoritarian trend within Europe. The European Union announced that Poland would start receiving $148.5 billion in frozen EU funds, after the country took the first steps in restoring a core principle of democratic governance, equality in rule of law. Poland is moving from being a rule of law problem child to becoming a champion of democracy, said German Minister of State for Europe, Anna Lurman. The money due Poland had been withheld by the EU because the previous government, under the Law and Justice Party, known by its Polish acronym PIS, had eroded the independence of the judiciary. The PIS lost power after an election last October that saw the highest voter turnout, 74%, in over a century. In particular, voters under age 29 showed up. Their turnout was nearly 69%, compared with 46% in 2019. The outcome of the October election should serve as a reminder that democracy's decline is not inevitable and can be halted, wrote Patrice McMahon, a political science professor at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. That's a wrap for the news. You can find the full-length versions of these stories in today's issue or at csmonitor.com daily. For more Monitor audio, including our serial podcasts, go to csmonitor.com podcasts. Thank you for joining us today. Please come back tomorrow when Henry Gass and Sarah Matusik look at how Texas law enforcement and immigrant communities are preparing for the state's tough new law to crack down on immigrants crossing the U.S. southern border. 
We also invite you to check out an additional feature in today's story about the Texas power grid. Author Henry Gass does a full read of the story and offers brief remarks about his approach to reporting. You can click on the deep read button to see the audio player. Today's Christian Science Spiritual Perspective contributor shares how the spiritual harmony that God knows is established and within reach everywhere. You can find the column in today's issue or at csmonitor.com daily. We want to give a quick thanks to our staff, including today's audio production team, Jeff Turton, Tim Malone, and Mackenzie McCarty. This podcast is produced by the Christian Science Monitor in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. Copyright 2024.